With great mojo comes great responsibility. Mojo 5-0. Mojo 5-0. We will make America great again. Sam Sorbo. And welcome to the Sam Sorbo Show. I'm your host, Sam Sorbo, here on Mojo5.com. Hey, listen, so I'm going to do things a little bit differently today. Uh, We're going to have a theme for the day, Corona and the Constitution, uh, which is not like going through the Constitution with a beer. That's not the plan. Uh, I've got a couple of guests to come on to talk about where we sit now with the Constitution. There's a there's a general unease uh, that I'm sensing just in the in the atmosphere in general. Well, I'm speaking particularly about Twitter. Uh, There's a there's a. A documentary that's now making the news, uh, making the rounds. I got it from three different people yesterday. So it's definitely like going around and I haven't even finished watching it. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we're not going to talk about that. I'm just going to we're, we're there. There's more more in the news about drones being used. This is sort of what we kind of, you know, 21st, 22nd century, like fear, like conspiracy theorist types of uh, things. And yet here here they are right in, uh, in our midst. And so without further ado, my first guest is Michael J. Doherty. He's a government whistleblower, uh, but only by necessity. He's actually the CEO of a cancer detention laboratory, detection laboratory by trade and so has worked in the medical community for a, a good long time. Um, he, uh, he wrote a book called the devil inside the beltway. Welcome to the program, Michael Doherty. Good day. How are you? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm fed up and I see, I see more and more people being fed up. We saw, uh, demonstrations in Minnesota over the weekend. Um, they're, they're at the governor's mansion. I think his name is Waltz and they were just Waltz sucks and all kinds of, Cars going by and people standing on the street, not practicing social distancing, I might add. Um, just get us back to work. We want to go back to work. Now, what's preventing people from going back to work? If they're there protesting, is it that protests are allowable under the Constitution despite orders by the governor, but work is not, even though it might be despite orders by the government? Well, this is... a. Uh caught us so in a hyper-reaction mode that it's like civil rights be damned. We, we have been so reactionary just because we had a bag put overhead. So, so that is allowing some people to really overstep their bounds, and, and who's going to really do anything about it within the court system or the, or the justice? So we're going to well, have to rear-view mirror this later because in, sure. in, in the Blue areas, just, re- I mean, I find that in real blue areas are all like stay at home or we're going to arrest you. And, and, um, so I have a place in the Florida Panhandle, which is very, very more conservative. And I am more than ready to take your private property rights away from you. So wait, in the Florida Panhandle? Yeah, it's a oh. real power gig thing. Yeah. yeah, but listen to this state and municipal governments have the power to protect their citizens from the spread of infectious disease. However, quote, there is no pandemic exception, however, to the fundamental liberties the Constitution safeguards. And that is according to Justice Department civil rights lawyers who are now intervening on behalf of a local church in its lawsuit against the cities in Mississippi. In other words, there are people out there fighting for the fundamentals of the Constitution. 
And so we are caught in this battle right now. We're going to have to armchair quarterback it after the fact, of course. But in the meantime, there is a great deal of civil unrest. And I'm actually, I'm actually getting a little bit concerned that things are going to get out of hand eventually. Do you think well, they I'm- will get out of hand because, because people are going to start running out of money, running out of patience. You know, right? There's there's a million things going on, and as the data comes in, and the bag wasn't, and the bag gets pulled off our heads, and having to learn through this later than we should, it's going to get frustrating because we're going to learn this was not as as broad as they predicted. I mean, we went from two million to a million, to now we're sitting, we're going to have what sixty, seventy thousand deaths. We we and just top forty. We just top forty. <laughs> And right. and so by all accounts, it's well. Here's the thing: by all accounts, it's it's dropping off. But if we go back to work, there will be a surge because more people will be in contact with more people, and nobody's talking about that. Like like we, we don't be- necessarily know that because this is the thing, and this is the fact that we don't know it. I mean, I, I don't know if you saw about uh, you talk about SARS. Says, well, we had a vaccine ready, but the whole disease disappeared. I mean, we don't know. It doesn't necessarily work that way. The temperature of the whole area is going to go through the roof because they're going into the summer months. Uh, and, and so there are things I get that, that happen. I get that we don't know, but maybe a little bit of preparation just in case, because we don't know, right? It's not that we know once we go back to work, everything should be all, you know, everything's copacetic now. We're just going back to work. There is a chance of, of further infection when people go back. I think maybe out of an abundance of, of caution, that's why they're holding off for another two weeks. But I think holding off for another two weeks does more damage to the economy and to people psychologically than otherwise. And my worry is that the statists are really enjoying having this control and uh, and and normalizing it, uh, 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 acclimatizing us all to be under the under the boot of the government. And it bothers me. Betsy McCoy who I've had on this show and others have argued that it's it's not carefully reopening the country that threatens Americans. But as weeks passed, it is keeping the country in lockdown that could be much more harmful. She wrote in a in a recent New York Post piece, quote, every one percent hike in the unemployment rate will likely produce a three point three percent increase in drug overdose deaths. Also, a point nine nine percent increase in suicides. And that's according to the National Bureau of Economic Research and also uh, the medical journal Lancet. So, so it's not that it's it's a it's a cost free uh, solution. It's a compromise solution. And the question is, are we are we compromising on the right end of the spectrum? Oh, we absolutely are not, because we're we are oppressed by the land of the politically correct. And the the power grid that loves the power. I mean, every despotic, you know, government. I don't care what they are. Just eats up, eats up this. We're going to take care of you. We're here to protect you. And that's the the byproduct of the BS on. No, we're really here to decentralize the power and take over. And we're your savior. And we want you to depend on us. And this is just got this right. little mini show on hyperdrive. When you see this nutbag from the governor of Michigan, for example, you know, I mean, it, there's it's just insane. But but you look at the the vast numbers of people that go along to get along is what's really terrifying. This is what's terrifying. No, I t- I, I I totally agree. Now you you come from uh, the sort of the medical side of things. So wh- so how do I can we can we just step this back a little bit? What are your thoughts of uh, the origins of the coronavirus and sort of appropriate actions, for instance, that we might have taken? 
And I know, like well, hindsight, right? But but let's just go. Well, for no, it anyway. but but it's it's really, really, really critical that that people understand the reason you we get went to such a a worst case scenario uh, scenario okay. is because we had a bag over our head, and we got to stop with the go along get along. Explain, really sorry, get, explain the bag over the head. What does that the mean? The bag over the head was China was not transparent at all, and still is not with what was going on clinically. They're lying about their numbers. <clears throat> they just bumped the one numbers up 50% a few days ago. Um, they do exactly as a political, uh, p- political machinery, uh, oppressive machinery, even in the face of science. And science and technology really rip apart people like this. Look what, look what technology has done to Hillary. Uh-oh. Diseases don't care. Sorry, you cut out there. Look what technology has done to Hillary. What? What does that mean? Dang it, you're I think I'm I think the phone's just dropping you cuz I don't hear you at all. And it dropped him. You know what? I'm going to try to get him back because uh I'm I just I'm loving this uh conversation. So, give me just a second because <laughs> This is, I feel this is so professional. Let's try this. We'll just try this number, see if we can get him back. Michael Doherty. I don't know how that Okay, what, there you are. What that, what that means is these people that, have, that, that control the political machine can control people, and they used to be able to control, but with the fingerprints of technology, the servers, the fingerprints of the disease, they can't control the message. So what they do is they shoot the messengers. So they go and they control the doctors and the lab, and they don't know what they're doing. So this is what Chinese powerful did with the disease. They lost control of this disease. They lost control of the lab, and they started intimidating and probably killing people that were trying to warn the world. And that time with a disease like this is a multiplier effect. Just a week or two earlier, we could have saved hundreds of thousands of people, millions from being sick and infected. Where? And so um, all over the world because it, because there's a multiplier oh, if, effect. Oh, we, we as in the world, not China, the, the world outside of China could have saved themselves Correct. Because because we we don't even have forty thousand in the United States yet, so clearly we're not saving a hundred thousand lives. But I'm talking about infection and illness, not just death. Okay, fair enough. And then the economy would have not been shut down as well. All this would have been. Well, so have you much- looked into why? You know, have you have you looked into any any reasons why uh, China would have been so absurdly quiet about what it obviously knew what was going on? Well, as we're getting closer to knowing what we don't know, we, we would believe that they bungled this, that there's some subversive reason behind it, that they're playing, that this, we don't, the State Department doesn't believe this is a bioweapon in this case, that this was, this is playing, <laughs> this is playing, uh, you know, playing. It looks a lot like a bioweapon though, doesn't it? <laughs> it does look like a bioweapon because, because there, there, there are reasons for playing with this stuff. Uh, is always is power and control, right? And how and is it not a bioweapon? Like that, let's well, let's define bioweapon, and then let's see how this is not that. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on, that's right, <laughs> right? Because it's not a bioweapon because they didn't mean to go and attack us with it this time. Right, but, but just, it, yet. You know, these, just yet, just yet is yeah, right? Because there's thieves, they're parasites and thieves. You can't have a culture of innovation 
when you, and creativity mm-hmm. when you have a society of oppression. Let's, let's clarify. Let's, let's clarify. Yeah. Not all Chinese, right? We're talking about the Chinese Communist Party. Let's, oh, let's yes, just be clear. Okay, sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to upset people, but it happened. <laughs> I was talking about government. <clears throat> um, thank you for saving my email box. Yeah, <laughs> you see? But, but sorry, it's like my primary concern is the health of everybody, and it came where it came from. And and there's a reason for all this that we have to learn from once it settles down. But that's why we're, we're running around playing worst-case scenario. And, and here's the problem I have with the people that are supposed to be protecting us within our world, especially the media and politicians, not just, just, not just left, but what primarily What about the left. CDC? Well, there you go. <laughs> so every, I mean, no one is, everyone is so trained to be politically correct uh, that, that they're afraid to put their foot down on anything. And, that, and, and the, iron, the irony is when you're that big of a coward, you got, you got, you know, broken eggs all over your lap after. And let me ask no you this. Going, let me ask yeah. you this. I'm, I'm, uh, somebody working at the CDC. I don't even know who, right? But I'm just somebody working at the CDC and I'm in charge of, uh, uh, making sure, well, I, the, the CDC totally bungled the tests. But I think more importantly, they, they bungled the identification that there was a threat. OK, so I'm some guy sitting at the CDC with whatever radar type, uh, you know, uh, equipment that I have to uh, to be able to identify threats because my job is to identify and avoid mitigate somehow threats before they become what we're dealing disasters that we're dealing with today. Right. And I'm sitting there and I hate Trump so much. And here comes a threat. And what if I was this guy? What if I was the guy who said, you know what, let's see how Trump deals with this now? Oh, Trump derangement system has killed a bunch of people in the system. All you gotta do is sit there and look at a press conference. Those same people that were screaming they wanted one now are terrified that it's working so well that he shut up. Uh, I, I get that. Um, I think that's leadership at the top. Um, I think that's ingrained in any government bureaucratic culture. Uh, and I think if you, if you, publicly state you don't have that opinion, you pay the price. Uh, and, and because you get iced out, and I think that's pretty universal, and you know that in California especially. Uh, but I also think that my, if you take that off the table, because I can't be sure of that, I know the cultures of science um, are much more controlled. They're not... Right. They're not emergency professionals. Right, so let's paint a different, let's paint a different scenario. Hey, I think there might be uh, some kind of uh, thing coming out of China. This could be threatening. Don't worry about it. The WHO told us that it was perfectly fine. World Health said not to worry. Well, they're, what they're going to do is that's true. That's a, that's a compressed uh, example of, well, let's look at all the data. Well, we don't have all the data, so we're not right. sure. So, and, 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 and who's suppressing the data? Who? Yeah, who? <laughs> WHO, the, the who. <laughs> and not the musical rock group either. <laughs> no, 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 unfortunately. Uh, and so, so this is, you know, these are the pieces. This is what we have to wake up to, folks. Is like we have built this possibility through a couple decades of just removing the, the testosterone, if you were, from our, 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 our government and putting in these unaccountable bureaucrats that are way more concerned, even in a situation like this, of their own tales than the public. 
I mean, you know, this happens in cybersecurity all the time. Office management budget loses millions and millions of fingerprints. It's, it's like overturns our whole spy agency. Huh? No hand slap. No one fired. <laughs> you know? Well, look at and Joe so, Biden. Joe Biden's running for president. And he refused to denounce the Chinese for the longest time. Well, maybe it's because he's lining his pockets, or at least his son's pockets. Look at the deals that he's made with China. He was sent over there. It took his son along on Air Force Two, and he was sent over there ostensibly to mitigate the dangerous situation of the Chinese uh, uh, government just building um, islands in the South China Sea so they could control the shipping lanes. And military bases, I should say, not just islands, military bases on their own private islands that they just built in the South China Seas. And he comes back not with any kind of deal about the islands or the military presence of uh, of uh, imperialist China. He comes back with a $1.5 billion deal for his son. I'm sure Barack Obama and Michelle knew nothing about that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How'd the trip go? And here's the yeah. thing. When a thief when a thief is caught stealing, it is not the first time the thief has stolen. So I don't want to hear anything about one off. <laughs> you know, this is this is how this is their career. This is what this is the pig behind the mask. And and this is what and this is just how we do things globally. No wonder they're globalists. Everything's <laughs> a sales territory. Everything's you know, a sales territory. Right. And, and then, the United and States is for sale. You got that right. And, and, and we can, the same thing happens with all these tech companies that the left seems to love. These are the 21st century industrialists. And they're, they're expanded into China and, and these other, other countries. And they come here and they, play, they go over there and they're just pouring themselves. And everyone's human rights. Oh, you know, forget the real people of China. You know, let's just look the other way because we got a big contract, and you know, and let's let's use Huawei and let's get all our background. Let's just infiltrate the entire technological footprint around the world with with stuff that can trace everything, so the Chinese can just centralize data of the world. No problem. And, I mean, this is just—it's all interrelated. I mean, what I love now is the tech companies are just bragging, bragging that they want to help develop software so the Chinese can monitor their people and their social distancing. I mean, what? (laughs) Where do you think that data is going to (laughs) go? It's it's insane. No, it's true. And, and by the way, there's there, we're using drones here. It's just, you know, and this is what happens when you, when you put a bag, again, a bag over and said, we have not had an honest civics book in a century. Those that even read a civic book are reading 19th century American government. People don't even know. And that makes us little docile lambs. And so they can just, something like this can happen, boy. You know, you give power to a government person, good luck getting it back. And when you teach them how easy it is to take it, hmm. Because, you know, they're in that club, and that club has really gotten big in the past 50 years. And these people that live off the government, and, you know, we're the outsiders. Those people are just living off the fat of land, and we're, we're out here, you know, churning the butter for them. Right. Did you hear that the, that the WHO, the World Health Organization, warned hospitals of a super-spreading event on the same day as another tweet where they said it, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't transmit human to human? <laughs> Yeah, so that, that's, that's got to be internal conflict, right? Again, to me, top-down no, liars. Yeah, no, but they said that their their trans, their tweet was to balance the coverage. 
<laughs> By the way, no. they're totally in the bag for China. See, this is totally. what we don't. This is what we don't understand because it's okay. There's a saying in Christianity that the greatest ruse that the devil has ever performed is to convince people that he doesn't exist. The greatest ruse that the Communist Party has ever performed is to convince people that it's that basically that it's a benign alternative way of doing things. Right. We normalized relations with uh, communist Soviet Republic uh, back. Um, I, I think the date was November 17th. Um, I can't remember the year anyway. Uh, and we normalized. What is it? What was it? Was it Richard Nixon? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, 70, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and and basically basically said, well, the commies are different, but you know, they they love their children too. Thank you, Sting. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, and so so the point is that we as Americans, especially because we are taught in our schools that socialism is grandpa with candy, we are so unaware that there is a a war of ideologies that's that's happening right in front of our eyes. And we don't see it. And so we have we have our press corps that are, you know, by and large in the bag for China, um, at least, it, you know, in the bag against Donald Trump, no matter what he does, they're against him. So when he first called for the ban on the flights from China, they derided him. How dare he? He's so xenophobic and that's and he's dictatorial. And then when he didn't lock down the country, he wasn't dictatorial enough. And how dare he? He's not proactive enough. So it doesn't matter what he did. It was absolutely wrong. And I'm hoping now that the sleeping giant is is slowly waking up, especially with this the homeschooling that's happening, <laughs> that parents are starting to look at. This is the schoolwork that they send home. At least this is what I'm hearing. And I'm very, very encouraged by it. But we also have to wake up to this idea that we've been we've allowed ourselves to to have been bamboozled. By our former president, by the UN, by the WHO, all of whom are in the bag for communist China. This includes George Bush. Now, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, I don't see that. I don't see that Bush can really extricate himself. Either of them can really extricate themselves from no. from this. To you know, to a certain degree. I mean, he did some. I'll defend. I'll defend some of what George Bush did, but I can't. I I can't actually defend everything. Uh, because because now hindsight's twenty twenty, and so maybe he just made it appear as though he was fighting for good, when in fact he was he was fighting for good, but allowing evil in the back door. I don't, I'm not sure. Well, right? when someone shows you who they are, believe them, right? And 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 this is the thing. And nothing gets the American public into the political game. Always is you know phobic fear to people that they really are too busy to comprehend. Mm. And what and what hits people is their pocketbook, you know, and that, and, but, but the, so does their health and not health like right. Obamacare right. because that's BS. Cause we don't, people don't know the medical system because they rarely get sick, but this, this disease came in everybody's house and, 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 you know, and the left is all about theory and the right is all about reality. And this is reality. And so you have to sit here and you have to watch these people and you can hear, you can see the gaslighting coming about, well, if we hadn't done all this, we hadn't stripped everything, we'd have a lot more dead people. So if you're not for, uh, if you're not for shutting everything down, you're for death. You're a terrible person. I mean, it's not a difficult 
pot to stir. So you think the and shutdown it's, it's is ridiculous? You think the shutdown because uh, I got I got less than a, less than a minute. You think the shutdown was overreactive, and you think do. you do, and you think that now's time to get back to work. We we shouldn't be waiting any longer. I agree. Yes, I yeah. do, and I think we have to watch, and we really have to not forget how our rights were so easily stripped of us, and we even discussed property rights. Just shutting down private things. I mean, right. It's all for fear. Right. And if Here we, we allow again. it, and, and we're going to have a lot of cleanup to do because if, we, if, if we've gone so far as to allow it, then it will happen again. They'll find any pretext. It will happen again. We need to punish starting now so that it doesn't happen again. And, and even, even, even so, we're, we're in a bad place. Uh, allowing yeah. it so easily so easily so yeah easily michael j doherty and the the name of the book is the devil inside the beltway it's an excellent read it's absolutely worth it um if you value freedom uh or if you take it for granted you really should read the book <laughs> maybe you won't take it for granted anymore michael j doherty thanks so much for joining me on the sam sorbo show appreciate it good being here thank you all right so let's switch gears a little bit I do have another, uh, I, I should have another caller, we'll see. I might have to call him. Um, but I want to switch gears and talk about what's happening in the schools. Uh, there's a Harvard professor now who is wanting a, quote, presumptive ban on homeschooling. Th- this is really hilarious because homeschooling is decreed by the government as mandatory. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of like this. I got this article from like eight different people. It's up on Daily Wire. Um, it's it's uh, it talks about the essay that I actually described yesterday, and the fact that Harvard is playing a host to a homeschooling summit. But the but the the idea that one of the professors says we should just arbitrarily ban homeschooling because children have a right to learn what we're teaching them in school. Um, and, and you know, Bar- Bartlett claims this. Many homeschool precisely because they want to isolate their children from ideas and values central to public education and to our democracy. Well, I would argue that they're not central to our democracy. In fact, I would argue that they're subversive to our democracy. So let's define our terms. Many promote racial segregation and female subservience. Many. Uh, I'd like to see the data on that. What scientific studies have you done to make these conclusions, ma'am? Many question science. Many in schools question science. For instance, the science of biology. And then she writes, many are determined to keep their children from exposure to views that might enable autonomous choice about their future lives. And that is just an outright lie. In fact, homeschoolers are determined to, to... uh, to expose their children to views, to enable them to make their autonomous choices, as opposed to the automatic choices that you are expecting to come out of the schools. It's really quite astonishing that this woman stands for Harvard University. And if you are considering that your child might want to go to Harvard University, please take that off your list. Because if this is what Harvard is turning out, you don't want your child to do that, to go there. You just don't. 
don't do that to them. The, the name on the diploma is not worth it. It troubles my heart. It troubles my heart that these people are doing this kind of thing. All right, here is Dr. Klein. Hello, and welcome to the Sam Sorbo Show. Hi. It is Roger a pleasure. Yes, it is a pleasure to speak with you, Dr. Roger Klein. Uh, we spoke last week, and we talked briefly about um, sort of what was happening and uh, what we could do about uh, various things. And so I thought it would be good to get a little bit of an update on where we are now. We passed 40,000 uh, deaths over the weekend. And, you know, you, uh, as, a, as both a doctor and a lawyer, frankly, um, a pathologist with a subspecialty board certification in molecular genetic pathology, whatever the heck that means. I don't even know if that's really a thing. Is that really a thing? Be honest now. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. There's a, there aren't a lot of us, but it's a thing. <laughs> so uh, there have been more, more and more reports blaming China now. Uh, that this was actually manufactured in a laboratory. Um, and we still don't have the, the ultimate blame, which is, hey, they did this on purpose. Uh, we, don't, we, we don't actually have proof of that. But we do know that they didn't tell people, and that might have been on purpose, right? Uh, yes. And so um, we're at 40,000. Have we flattened the curve? What, what are you, what's the prognosis uh, in, in your mind? Well, well, as I so, so as I've said, I think it's more complicated than that because I don't think there's really a curve per se, um, and 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 I I think people are even talking about different different they're 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 not talking about the same thing they were a month ago. I think there are multiple curves, many of which are lines, many of which are flat. Uh, there, what what happened was we projected or some projected uh, an exponential or just an explosion in right. cases, and it didn't happen. So, so what was expected to happen didn't happen. Although we've certainly increased uh, our, a lot in our in our numbers, we it it didn't uh, it didn't explode the way uh, it was projected. What in my view, where we are right now is we have a pretty good number of cases, a lot of a pretty good number of infections, a lot of infections. Um, most in most people, they're they're in, they're increasing data, increasing information coming out that there are many more infections than cases, and that makes the severity much less because we're only looking or mostly looking at the most severely affected people. So the death rate seems like it's substantially lower, perhaps in the in the influenza range, uh, and. But it, it's pretty readily transmissible, especially with these large number of asymptomatic and mild cases who can transmit the disease with close and prolonged contact. So you have a situation with basically uh, a disease that's mostly mild that can be re pretty readily transmitted. Hopefully will be seasonal because the southern hemisphere seems as if uh, they're like Australia and New Zealand has not had anything approaching what we've had in terms of deaths per million. And but I think that the the notion that somehow we are going to contain it by uh, locking down or or placing the country under house arrest is not going to work. And we won't be able to stop it any more than we're going to be able to stop the flu. So so 
And and at the same time, we have enormous economic dislocation, 22 million unemployment claims filed. Uh, people are already starting to get restless with protests. So in my view, we, we, we need to move forward safely and cautiously and start going on with our lives, reopening, uh, reopening the country. Most of the, the still 40, between 40 and 50 percent of the deaths, reported deaths are in New York City. It's, it's um, that very population dense area was hit extremely hard and and accounts for the metro area there accounts for still close to 40 percent of the of the reported cases and 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 so i think you know we've got a pretty good handle on on what's going on now we need to start to manage it like other diseases we need to be very cautious and careful we need to protect people who are uh most vulnerable but i i think the time is to uh to to move ahead uh, so Donald Trump has said that there that some states are opening on May first. Why not? To, why not today? Why not tomorrow? Like why not just? There are states who, that have no deaths. Like why not just? You guys go ahead, get started. Well, the president has wisely wisely left it up to the governors who uh, yeah. who are most in touch with. Uh, with what's happening in their states. And so, and why not just go ahead? Well, we'd like to have fixed states. So we, you know, we have to prepare. I, I, I'm, I'm actually being a little facetious, but because, you know, obviously this isn't a one, you know, this isn't something that one, one, one day makes a difference, right? It's not, it's, it's. And on it, the contrary, is, on the contrary, I would yeah. say, I would say one day does make a difference. I would say every hour makes a difference. For instance, there's a, there's a shop around the corner, uh, Jenny's Bake Shop. It's closed. It's Jenny. She could go in and start baking today and people would see that it's open and, and they would frequent it because there are no other bake shops. And gosh, I've been missing having cake like like she could open if 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 the if the directive just came out, hey, go for it. We'll we'll call it May 1st, but have at it right now. Let's let's get back to work. And it would also offer a hope for the rest of us like we would see oh so people are here's here's what bugs me about this whole thing we have become afraid of each other and that in itself is frightening like walking down the grocery aisle and there are arrows you're only supposed to go one direction down each aisle because because no passing because people are afraid of you i i just i really struggle with this no, I understood. And when I said it one day, doesn't I didn't mean one day didn't matter for Jenny. What I meant was was that one day isn't a isn't a, there's no scientific basis for one day versus another. So I'm sort of looking at it differently like it. And I don't disagree with you. I mean, I, I quite frankly, I think what we we overreacted in many respects. And I you know, I, I don't believe that we're going to ultimately save more lives uh, uh, by by what what we've done we we may have it, it may be useful in terms of the healthcare system and not overloading it so i don't want to i don't want to go too far with, with it right but, but no, i i agree with you i mean I we're think on the we same page to, there but yeah but you said you said that there was no exponential jump there's right. that that there was a growth it was basically a steady growth but it wasn't an explosion was that because we social distanced as early as we did uh, some will argue that I and I don't I think New York was unique. And, I, you know, I predicted this on a radio show, by the way, I, I, more, more than one. I hate to say it, but I said, you know, New York may have problems because they're so densely packed. And and so and and so I, it may be and probably it did help 
that you know not having we we pro- we may have slowed the rate of increase of cases but in the long run I, you know i don't know that we've saved more lives in the sense that i don't think we can really i don't think we're going to be able to get eliminate this through these means we may have it may have been useful in some areas in of in preventing an overburdening of the healthcare system and and i you know i'm not again i'm not i'm not talking about the the social distancing per se i mean i think we need to be safe and cautious and practice good hygiene what i'm talking about is the lockdown which is extreme that is an extreme approach and i i, I you know whether it whether it did or it didn't it it, it may have slowed it somewhat i i'm not convinced that it's going to it's going to impact the long-term course short of a vaccine. I guess that that would be uh, that would be the question. People are going to argue, yes, this you know this 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 really worked well. But I'll tell you what, for what for what the gain was when we look in in with hindsight, this may have been extremely uh, costly uh, for for what over the long term may be a very small gain. Well, and they're saying there's there's a a, a rise in the number of suicides. There's a rise in depression. Um, th- you know, it's it's absolutely costing us on the other side. And I didn't see anybody doing that that calculation because there's you know there's a cost benefit. So we're saying the benefit is that we're saving lives on this side, but we never calculated the cost on the other side. We just said, well, we have to save lives on this side. And and I understand to a certain degree. Uh, certainly New York, uh, highly, highly at risk. Uh, the West Coast, too, although the West Coast, why didn't the West Coast see as much of a spike as New York did? Um, and the argument there is, well, they already had it in, in uh, the fall. Uh, it already went through once. That, that's one of the arguments that's being floated. I, you know, I look at this, I, I look at the CDC. Uh, what's their budget and why were they asleep on the job? I look at the WHO. I'm uh, the world health. I'm thrilled that Donald Trump said, you know what? We're just not going to send you money because we don't think it's worthwhile. You, 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 you failed. I mean, epic fail, epic, epic fail from the world health and epic fail from much of our leadership. And uh, I think the American people need to wake up and say, hold on. So what are our taxes paying for? Right. Because the idea of government is to to protect the body politic, to protect to protect the civilians. I, so so I, I don't think we've done such. I, I agree with you about WHO, by the way, just because they, they were they enabled China completely and, and they were lack of trans, they weren't transparent, et cetera. But I I don't think the government has I, I don't think we've done such a terrible job. I think this is you know, it's a virus. It's a contagious respiratory virus. It's 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 hard to contain. I think we in some respects we we were we, you know, we we arguably have overreacted, but I think we didn't have a lot of options with limited data. I agree with you about part of projection. I'm not sure. By the way, I'm, I'm not sure they say they this is this ultimately saved all that many, if any, lives. I and I, I right. think using a few guitar. So, so I'm not sure. And the, the the costs were enormous. You're right that the the alter the other side of the economic side as well as uh, other health risks. 
um, weren't uh, weren't uh, factored in. I did want to make one comment. Be, it, well, if I have a second yeah. about the, the concept about California, I the reason that California wasn't hit as hard was because they're, it's just much more spread out. The New York is is uh, far and away the densest uh, city in the United States here, and and that that's really uh, the response. The the reason that we've had enough studies uh, now to, to, to there's no reason to believe that there's herd immunity any place other than potentially New York. And if we're looking at it, it, people aren't mentioning that, but if we're looking at the stabilization and even in the decline in rate of new cases there, uh, particularly in some areas, it may be that there's a very high percentage of the population uh, who are infected. So if there's herd immunity uh, anywhere, it would be it would be in New York City. And I, you know, I but I think ultimately that may be where we need to go. I know some like David Katz at Yale have been advocating that. And, uh, you know, it, it's pretty hard short of a vaccine to to see uh to believe that we're going to uh to eliminate this i think that's wishful thinking although i certainly wish it would happen right the cdc botched initial tests sent out tests that had been completely contaminated uh didn't follow their own procedures for non-contamination and thus held up the tests for uh, i think a period of about three weeks before they finally just outsourced it to a private lab to do so so this is in my view this really rests a lot with fda so what happened was fda ended up uh, uh, inserting a procedure and more or less put testing in the hands of cdc now most testing in the united states is not done by by uh, cdc it's not done by public health labs and those who are working together cdc is not a test manufacturer nor is cdc a clinical laboratory it was unrealistic to believe that they that cdc would be an effective uh, uh, an effective test means they're an epidemiology lab to do studies. That's what they're mostly for studies. They're mostly to analyze data, just as the public health labs are. Why did the, the FDA vast, put it in the CDC's hands then? I, I, what they did was they 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 more or less they didn't they really discouraged private labs from testing. That's basically what happened. Uh, why did they do it? That's what uh, that's the, that's what needs to be looked into. This is a long-running debate about whether FDA should be regulating laboratory-developed tests. They did the same thing in the Zika outbreak in March 2016. Uh, they they have had a grad, FDA has had a gradual uh, uh, encroachment upon trying to regulate uh, areas that that weren't previously where where they hadn't previously regulated uh, laboratory, clinical laboratories and hospitals and and in the commercial labs are regulated yeah. uh, mostly by by the centers for medicare. Well, it's going to be great. We'll all be armchair armchair quarterbacks when this is all said and done. But uh, hey, thanks so much for coming back on. I I appreciate the update, and uh, uh, we'll get to the bottom of this eventually, or maybe not. Who knows. <laughs> It's a mess. I, it's important to move forward. I think the biggest thing is to move forward, and that's what we need to do. We need to get people back to work. And as you suggest, to stop being afraid, which I think will happen when they realize that this really isn't as bad as they think it is. We, TV, the the media is playing out. Is we count every case and every death on on monitors. On on it's going all day, twenty four seven. Did you see the? the did you see the man got eaten by a shark and he died of corona? 
the man got run over by a steamroller. His death is listed as a corona death. This is, I mean, here's the thing. We passed 40,000. Maybe 10,000 of those are actually not corona deaths. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. uh, I mean, I don't know how high the percentage is, but there, are, there is a substantial percentage. And I predict that, uh, that uh, we will see that there are no deaths from the flu anymore <laughs> for the year. <laughs> Because they're all being attributed to Corona, so uh, you know, I, I think that the numbers are the numbers are wonky. I think that the press and uh, a lot of blue governors have uh, they they see that Joe Biden is polling better with uh, with every day, and so they have no desire to get back to work uh, because because they see that uh, the failing economy is better for their candidate, and it frightens me because I know these people put politics above people's lives. And that is what I find so frightening. Well, it is, it is, it is frightening. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 you want people in a public health consideration in a situation like this to be more or less, you know, to be dispassionate and try to keep the politics out of it as much as possible. I wish we would see, see that. Unfortunately, as you suggest, it may not be uh, happening. Yeah. We have a bunch of ideologues out there. Hey, thanks so much, Roger, Dr. Dr. Roger Klein Esquire. Thank you so much for coming on the program. Great to speak with you. Thank you. All right. There, I got my two cents in at the end. Interesting, interesting conversation with him. Uh, he obviously knows a lot. Uh, so let's see. We're going to go back to, did you hear, somebody just told, oh, my husband just said, hey, we, we just sent Harvard $9 million for coronavirus. What? We sent it to Harvard? Why? Why do they, they don't need money. They've got a, like a $2 billion endowment or something crazy. And the government's sending them money. It's, it's all a Ponzi scheme. We're all just paying our taxes and they're just spending them and getting wealthy on, on the taxpayer's dime. And it, they're all trading favors. And I'm sorry, I'm getting really, uh, anyway. Uh, so, so yeah, so the idea is that we need to ban homeschooling because basically because uh, how dare you teach children to think for themselves. There's a lot of propaganda out there. Um, what's good is it's being shown, Right. Uh, the propaganda we're we're seeing this now. Uh, it's it's becoming less uh, more transparent, I should say. So that's the good news. I want to share some fun stuff with you because ugh, I'm so tired of the coronavirus stuff. And we will get back to work, and we will uh, overcome this, and uh, we will be stronger for it. And hopeful, hopefully, we will learn some things. I certainly hope that you are. Uh, if if you're inclined with if if you have children, I hope you're watching my videos. If you have children, I hope you're understanding that you are capable of educating your children at home. And by at home, I just mean yourself, because uh, home education doesn't happen at home. And uh, and I prefer to call it, by the way, home education because it isn't schooling. Schooling is what happens at school. Okay. Before I get into the fun stuff, my Patriot Supply offers emergency food and emergency food kits, and they're offering them until the, I think it's till the end of the month, uh, for a supreme discount. So go to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com, and uh, you can get a four-week emergency food kit 
that normally sells for two ninety seven plus shipping, but now it's marked down to one ninety seven and shipping is free. Ladies and gentlemen, four weeks made from the freshest ingredients, sealed airtight. They say that it lasts up to twenty five years. Long term storage. You just you put it in your pantry, you forget about it, but when times get tough, you go, that's oh, okay, I'm covered. It's just an insurance policy. And it tastes good. So what what more do you want? Okay, it's not the Cordon Bleu, but it does. It tastes good. Okay. Let's see. No, I had some fun stuff reserved for today. And uh, here's a joke. Should I tell a joke? Why not, right? Okay. There's a woman. She'd been married three times. And she walked into a bridal shop. And she told the sales clerk she was looking for a wedding gown for her fourth wedding. Of course, madame, replied the sales clerk. Exactly what type and color dress you are looking for? And she said, well, I want a long, frilly white dress with a veil. And he said, oh, please don't take this the wrong way, madame, but such dresses are usually for, uh, more fitting for a first-time bride who is more innocent in the ways of life, if you, if you get my meaning. And she said, well, she was a little peeved. She said, I can assure you that a white gown would be quite appropriate. Believe it or not, despite all my marriages, I remain as innocent as a first-time bride. You see, my first husband was so excited about our wedding, he had a heart attack due to an unknown congenital condition as, as we were checking into our honeymoon hotel. And then my second husband and I got into such a terrible fight in the limo on the way to our honeymoon hotel that we had the wedding annulled. Immediately, we never spoke to each other again. And what about the third husband? She said, well, that one, he was a liberal. Every night for four years, he just sat on the edge of our bed and told me how good it was going to be, but nothing ever happened. <laughs> Sorry, I cracked myself up. I really shouldn't. All right, here's some funny ones about the coronavirus because it's important to keep a sense of humor. I was so bored, I called Jake from State Farm just to talk to someone. He asked me what I was wearing. <laughs> in 2019, it was stay away from negative people. But in 2020, it's stay away from positive people. And this one, uh, the, the world's turned upside down. Old folks are sneaking out of the house now and their kids are yelling at them to stay indoors. The virus has done what no woman has been able to do. Canceled all sports, shut down all bars, and kept men at home. <laughs> Don't call the police on suspicious people in your neighborhood. Those are just your neighbors without makeup and hair extensions. <laughs> I saw somebody somebody tweeted, uh, day three of homeschooling. Everybody just graduated. <laughs> I'm done. No, come on. It's fun. Embrace it. Uh, day seven at home and the dog is looking at me like, see, this is why I chew the furniture. <laughs> uh, this one I love. I, I've been saying this to people. Does anyone know if we can take showers yet or should we just keep washing our hands? Me. Alexa, what's the weather this weekend? Alexa, it doesn't matter. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> All right. 
Can everyone just please follow the government instructions so we can knock out this coronavirus and be done? Ugh, I feel like a kindergartner who keeps losing more recess time because one or two kids can't follow directions. <laughs> and finally, I swear my fridge just said, what the hell do you want now? <laughs> All right. That's just for fun. This Thursday, Kevin and I are doing a date night and we're asking you to join us. And you don't even have to be married, although we will be talking about marriage because, well, we're a couple. We've been married for 22 years. We just put out a book about uh, being married and making movies and miracles. Oh, my. And the book is called True Faith and Inspirational. No, that's my book. The book's called True Faith, Embracing Adversity to Live in God's Light. <laughs> I've only done like 90 interviews in the past three weeks. Uh, Okay. Uh, Embracing adversity to live in God's light, which is kind of funny because we are in the midst of a crisis, adversity. And the question is not, what do you think of the adversity? The question is, how do you approach it? It's a question of your perspective, of your worldview, and of your reaction And so we were just talking with Dr. Klein and Michael Doherty about the reaction, people's reactions, and the fact that we may have overreacted because we were whipped into such a frenzy by the media and by the lack of media. So Doherty referred to it as, you know, we had a paper bag over our heads. Well, that's that's sort of true. And the fact is that if you think of the visual, having a paper bag over your head, and not knowing what was happening around you and hearing things, right? It's scary. But at the same time, we should be smarter than that. And, um, yeah, so I'm not sure where I was going with that. I just I feel like we really should uh, be paying attention to what's happening with our Constitution Did you hear, um, oh, I had it and I don't know, I think I didn't even get to play it. Um, And I had it up. Uh, It was uh, on Tucker Carlson, the the governor of, gosh, now I can't remember what state. And he put the state in lockdown. And he told um, churches that they couldn't, that they couldn't meet. And Tucker just asked him very respectfully, um, what is it that uh, that that made you think that you could do that? Because you know, in the Bill of Rights, it says that the that the government can make no law limiting the churches or limiting people from meeting. And you know, so so how did how did that figure into your calculations? And the governor said, "Well, I wasn't thinking of the Bill of Rights when I said that." <laughs> well, I just what did she say? I just won't think about that now. I won't think about that till tomorrow. That was um, Scarlett O'Hara in Gone with the Wind. She just said, well, I won't think about that. And so easy for a statist to, to do that, just not think about it and do whatever the heck he wants because he wants to do it. Um, but I, I, uh, I got off topic. I was telling you about date night with us. And I have some single friends who are going to join us, by the way. They've reached out and, and told me that they were excited. It's just to spend some time with with people. So it'll be Kevin and me, 
And then, uh, and then you guys, you'll see us. We won't see you unless through some weird uh, twist of fate. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen. It's all on internet, fully interactive. We'll make a, a short presentation, just tell some stories and um, tell some uh, marriage tips, relation tips, relationship tips that we have. We've been married for 22 years. And, um, and then we'll, uh, we'll uh, answer questions and have some feedback and stuff like that. So um, it probably won't be more than an hour and a half, but it starts at 830 Eastern. And you can go to homegrowngeneration.com uh, slash date homegrowngeneration.com slash date. You can find the information on my website. Um, and uh, just hoping that it blesses you. Uh, we want to support marriage. Uh, these are trying times, but uh, now's the time to embrace that adversity and work through your problems and maybe resolve a thing or two, right? Hey, thanks so much for listening. This is the Sam Sorbo Show on mojo50.com. 